I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. We went to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz, my lady wonder wench and me. We just got back. They've changed the name of Dorothy's Emerald City. New name is Las Vegas. And I mentioned on the blog last week that we were going, so lots of you sent emails like this one, which I think, but I'm not sure, came from proud podcast participant Jim King. reason I'm not sure is that things got a little nuts around here while I was away, so it got even more screwed up than usual. Anyway, here is the email. This may come as a surprise, but did you know that there are more Catholic churches than casinos in Vegas? Some people at Sunday services give casino chips rather than cash when they pass the basket. The churches all send their collected chips to the nearby monastery for sorting, and then the chips are taken to the casinos of origin and cashed in. Of course, there is a specialized order of monks who do that, and they are called the chip monks. <laughs> that's that's so old, but it's so good. You saw that coming, I guess. I know. Anyway, thanks thanks to all of you who sent Vegas stuff, by the way. Even stuff that was worse than that one and <laughs> was. I called our son Dave from Vegas, and he didn't miss a beat. He said, hi, Dad, you still own your house? I, I guess most people have a Vegas story. And that brings me to a kind of an important point. I started thinking, if you have your own story, why the heck would you be in the least bit interested in what happened on my trip? And here's, I think, a, a good answer because it's, it's, it's honest. I call this podcast Good Night because I like to tell you a story with it and, you know, get you nice and relaxed and, and kind of tuck you in for the night. In a sense, you are inviting me into your bedroom. Now... You can buy recordings of sounds and music and hypnotists droning on about beautiful fields. And they're, you know, they're supposed to put you to sleep. But I figure I'd like to know a little about somebody before I'd let them into my bedroom to put me asleep. And that's why I tell you a little bit about myself and about my life. I, I think it helps to make a kind of a comfortable connection, and so that's why we do it. And I always tell you about Louie Louie Generation Guys and Girls. Because that's my generation, Louie Louie generation. People who have had that song playing in the soundtracks of their lives, as long as they can remember. And I don't call Louie Louie people men and women. And I've had some comments about this. The reason that I don't call Louie Louie people men and women is because the word man and the word woman, for some reason, has always sounded way too stuffy and serious to me. Now... I spent some time in my life being a terribly serious person and probably pretty boring. I finally figured out that it is time to take Big Louie's advice and just grab a grin while I can. Louie Louie is not a stuffy song. It's a guy and girl song with a considerable amount of fun and tood attitude, you know. Now, we need serious songs like John Lennon's Imagine, Imagine, There's No Heaven. 
That's a, that's a serious song. I could never figure out how he got away with that when I was a disc jockey playing it on the air. That slams a lot of very important things. But I think we also need some, she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and of course, we need Big Louie's national anthem. Louie, Louie, oh yeah, we gotta go. It is my considered belief that people are taking everything way too seriously. We are shocked, shocked, I tell you, about just about everything. Think of the Don Imus thing and so many other things like that. I think we're losing our sense of humor. It's like men and women have this haunting fear that somewhere, someone may be grabbing a grin like Big Louie says you should, and, and having some fun. Even the rappers, they're getting serious. Everything is like that. Next thing you know, they're going to be translating the collected works of Stephen Hawking into gangster rap. Come on, guys, lighten up. Big groups of serious men got us to the moon, no question. What did they do when they got there? They hit golf balls. Ten zillion dollars for one round of golf. I figure it was probably some guy who had just been fired who invented mooning. Much cheaper, considerably more practical when trying to express one's deepest, innermost feelings. So men got us to the moon and guys got us mooning. Which is better? I mean, which is better for you? Think about it. Try it on people. See what kind of results you get. I do like the word hombre, though. That was on the men's room door at the airport in Houston. Hombre. Sounds like a a guy with a serious western wardrobe who knows how to mosey his way around with the ladies on the square dance floor. I like that. And the word woman. The word woman has always reminded me of my Aunt Eva, who was a very good woman in the very worst sense of the word. Pick, 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 pick. I'll never forget. Don't let the dog lick your face. Put that BB gun away, you'll put somebody's eye out. Don't spit in the soup. I wasn't spitting. I was just blowing on it, honest. Worse, as far as the forces for good in the community are concerned, I really like the word girl. Now, Expensive professional people who know things, psychologists and talk show hosts, you know, they'll they'll probably tell you that it is an association that I made back in kindergarten when I found out that people like Jeannie Campbell weren't just soft boys. They were called girls. Just this past week, while I was sitting by the pool in Vegas, a James Bond girl wriggled past with high heels and sunglasses and her, her little poodle, you know, and... She had on a, a tiny little black thong bikini under a transparent black lace blouse. And she had her long blonde hair swept up and, and held in place by a fancy comb. It was like the girl from Ipanema, the girl from Ipanema. Each guy she passed said, ah. And by the way, if they had called that song the woman from Ipanema, it wouldn't have been a hit. Hell, it wouldn't have even fit the rhyme. My lady wonder when she was there, and she didn't mind that... The gurgling sound that I couldn't help making, you know. In fact, she kind of giggled, which is a lovely sound. 
I wouldn't swap my wonder wench's giggle for any girl's wriggle. Never. But I figure podcasts were invented to fulfill our individual deep innermost need to bitch, moan, and complain. And this is my podcast, so it's Louie Louie girls around here. And guys. There were two Louie Louie girls that I need to tell you about from the trip. One was driving our Hoover Dam bus tour. Her name was Bettina, and she was about five foot one and maybe a hundred pounds, but she could sling that big bus around like it was a tricycle. She was funny, professional, and to me, the finest Vegas girl that we saw all week. Bettina, Bettina's a single mom with five kids. And I remember that she was pointing out a big house that belongs to Celine Dion, who is starring in one of the shows in town. But I was watching Bettina, a little skinny girl, scraggly hair. She's cracking jokes, you know, and working hard, doing her job. And I was thinking, you know, lady, if you want to see a real star, you take a look at yourself in the rearview mirror. And at the end of the tour... I noticed that a couple of people stiffed her. They didn't give her a tip. She smiled at them. She didn't flinch. For some reason, I can't help but remember things like that. My lady wonder wench and I double-tipped her. Another Louie Louie generation Vegas girl, and I'm going to remember, was sitting right across the way from us in the airport waiting area there. And she was talking very quietly but very intensely on a cell phone. I guess she must have missed the boarding call for her seat because we were all strapped in and waiting to go and she kind of stumbled onto the plane and I saw that, that her eyes were closed and she was obviously trying very hard not to show that she was crying. I could never figure out why things like that hit me so hard. Sometimes I wish they didn't, you know, because sometimes it causes me problems, I don't know. Maybe it was just after a, a week with the, with the Wizard of Oz huffing and puffing and flashing and blinking that she was just real. Dick's Details, a bunch of fascinating but totally unimportant things to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important things that are keeping you awake out the other and you can nod off comfortably to sleep. The first deodorant was introduced in 1888. It was called Mum. It was a cream in a jar that you applied to your armpits with your fingertips. In Vegas, they sell you an upgrade that they call Hot Babe. You apply it to someone else's armpits with your fingertips. A pit, not really. <laughs> I can't resist it sometimes. A pig's snout is called a gruntle. Now, the word dis, D-I-S, means without, right? So I guess if you, you are disgruntled if you've been to the plastic surgeon and therefore you no longer have a pig snout. Congratulations, you look so much better. Fourteen people have died in Pamplona, Spain during the running of the bulls. And by their deaths, they have raised the average IQ of the human race by a significant amount. All those guys say, well, hey, I, I had the guts to run with bulls. You know, guys... If you had guts, you wouldn't be running away. You would be running towards them. Stupido. Dicks to tails. They take your mind off your mind. (laughs) 
So, Lady Wonder Wench and I were out in Vegas while you were working and slaving and doing your best to spur on the economy. And to help make up for that, here's a chapter from the Quiet Hands personal audio CD. It's called Another Helping Hand. You deserve a special thing in your life because you've spent the whole day and the whole week and so much of your time, so much of your whole life trying to help other people to be comfortable and to help other people get by. And it's time for quiet hands to help you. If you can, just let yourself lie down for a minute and If your eyes get a little heavy, just let them close. Just remember the fact that quiet hands are very real in your life. And remember that you can tell when somebody's hands are about to touch you. There's a change in the feeling in the air around you. It's a certain warmth. And we have a pair of giant, gentle, loving, quiet hands here that are almost touching you. You can begin to feel that nearness warmth. And if you'd let your eyes close, you'd notice that you're almost feeling as if you can be in a beautiful light blue place. And very slowly, as the hands move just very gently, you can notice that that blue turns lighter and lighter until it turns pure white. As you breathe slowly, you can breathe that pure white feeling, that light inside you, and it begins to turn gold inside, and it feels lovely. And you can sense the quiet hands just very close to you. And you'll notice that if you had a headache, or maybe your feet are tired or something, you can notice that it feels a little different. As a matter of fact, the headache might be almost all gone. Maybe even your feet feel a little better. And certainly your heart can feel a little better with a warm golden glow around it from this almost touch of these quiet hands. That's called Another Helping Hand, and it's from the Quiet Hands Personal Audio CD. If you like it, 
You can just keep this podcast, or you can go back to DickSummer.com and download it from the CD Baby icon. Whatever works for you. Now that I've had time to think about it, I would say the highlight of our trip to the Emerald City was probably a little two-year-old kid named Trey. Now, Trey's dad and mom are friends of ours, and they live in L.A., and when they heard that we were going to be in Vegas, they came out for a visit. Trey's real name is Robert, Robert Anthony. But he is the third-generation Robert in the family, so he's called Trey. Now, Trey looks exactly like his dad, right down to the expressions on his face and the way he walks. He walks with kind of a, a strut that leans from one side to the other every time he takes a step. Being two years old, Trey understands that the entire world was made just so that he'd have some place to explore. And like any healthy two-year-old boy, he sometimes explores pretty fast in some pretty unpredictable directions. So one day he, he peeled off in one of those high-speed scoots right there in the casino. And I, I really think he was fascinated by one of the cocktail waitresses. As I, as I said, he's a lot like his dad. But I caught him, and I hoisted him up on my shoulder, and he did it. He made my vacation. He gave that, that two-year-old laugh. And if you've ever heard them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. A big, loud combination kind of squeal and wiggle and giggle. It was just an instant that Trey won't ever think about again, but I, but I will. It was the highlight of my trip. I liked being a dad all those Louie Louie years ago. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.